Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. So Alan Gray recently published a report and it was a study that looked into entrepreneurship as well as how South African women are faring at the moment with the difficulties that we're seeing in the economy. And what they found was over 80% of women surveyed in a recent research study found that the traditional roles of women are barriers to entrepreneurial activities. This is just one of several barriers faced by female business owners. And these barriers could be the underlying reason why only 9% of of South African women are involved in early stage at- entrepreneurial activities. And um, I decided to ask somebody who is very active in the sector whether they agreed with the study on the ground, what kind of activities they are seeing. Mashudu Mudao is an entrepreneur as well as founder of Founders Source. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us, Mashudu. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. What did you make of the study that was published by Ellen Gray? So I, I thought it was really interesting uh, in, in data um, specific analysis that showed that um, the ecosystem wasn't necessarily designed um, to serve women um, and really um, made to make sure that it's enabling and empowering women to start building grow businesses the way it does for men as well. And from your experience, I mean, it's quite an extensive study. From your experience, what are the things that you can isolate that make it more difficult for women to be uh, in- successful entrepreneurs? So I think, um, and it's a societal pressures um, that men and women face. Um, so, you know, you, you see in the studies such as um, things such as um, women have a very low risk tolerance. Um, it is harder for them to actually raise capital. Um, institutions actually judge women much harsher, much more difficultly um, than they do men um, when they assist them for joining entrepreneurial programs or even just funding them as well. So these things really add up and really um, build an ecosystem that's not necessarily focused on or really um, enabling women as much as it does men. Interesting that um, the study does show a bias uh, for towards men in, in funding and so on as being less risky. And yet when you go deeper, you see that women themselves actually are more resilient when it comes to building those businesses. Yeah, I think the, the models that are used to calculate, you know, the, the, the probability of success in a business or an adventure or what is, is used to um, basically assess the risk of an entrepreneur themselves and how viable they are um, are very archaic and they're based on very you know institutionalized systems that I don't necessarily think favor women and I think it's really about possibly reshaping the way these systems are built the way these uh, models are also built to really assess entrepreneurs on an individual basis and making sure that um, from a value perspective you know it's not just about whether or not um, you know the differences in the lives that the entrepreneurs live, but really about the businesses themselves and the work that they're doing towards creating value and adding value to the world. So I really think these systems need to be looked at and reshaped and redesigned to make sure that they're fairly, you know, um, assessing entrepreneurs on, 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 on the merit of the, their businesses and the value that they actually created. But So what is the problem, Mashuru? Is it algorithms? What What is the problem? Why is it that there is this discrepancy in modeling, as you say? Yeah, I, I really think it's just um, the way that banks and institutions have been built over many years um, to favor men and um, to favor entrepreneurs. 
our men um, that are building businesses um, in, a, in a specific way. Um, I think there's many studies that show just how much more successful women entrepreneurs are, especially in difficult times, and the resilience that they have in building businesses and creating value. So I really think it's just about the way these institutions are built and designed, and it's just like archaic systems um, that are unfortunately, you know, patriarchy-based, and they're not necessarily assessing entrepreneurs for the merit and the value that they actually create. If if you're saying, and, and I agree with you, that there are many studies out there that do demonstrate that women entrepreneurs are more resilient um, and, and actually become quite successful, especially when supported, and and that is evidently available to everybody, then then what's the pushback? Is it a case of, of, of just not having the will, the political will to actually move to a different direction? What is the pushback? I think there's definitely a lack of political will, but also just uh, institutionalized, right? So um, both in new institutions that look at entrepreneurs for the narrative of the value that they actually create, really reaches the ecosystem. I think seeing way more institutions are built now with different models and different systems and growing, you know, looking at the value that entrepreneurs are creating versus, you know, whether or not they're men or women. Like, okay, what are the fundamentals of their businesses? What are the solutions that they're building? What's the value that they're creating? Um, what are the merits of the products that they're looking at? Well, so I really think it's just about shifting our, our mindset to build new institutions or new models for facing entrepreneurs and supporting them, making it more biased towards women, actually. So I think the ecosystem, the way the way it's designed is um, probably, you know, focused on men. And, you know, there's some, you know, Incubate or accelerator programs where the demand of those, those programs don't necessarily favor women um, who might have you know, kids or a family or something like that, and they would be able to, to, to fulfill the expectations of those programs because they are designed in, in, in a holistic sense and to serve both women and men. So if, if there have been studies that have been done that prove exactly what you and I have been saying now, that, you know, women, women if supported, can really uh, be resilient and they can do really, really well, and, and this study comes through also reiterating the same fact, one then wonders if studies like these are actually, you know, going to take us anywhere. And if the answer is no, then what needs to happen to move to a direction where there is actually movement? Yeah, I think that there needs to be way more visibility and conversation around the way institutions are designed um, and the way as well in which um, we build these systems to assess entrepreneurs as well. And I think um, just having the conversation where someone can go onto our platform um, and see the full study, you know, um, so you can find transformthesource.com and you can view the study and really understand um, the challenges that women face in the ecosystem. And I think with more visibility of the actual issues that are actually plaguing entrepreneurs that are women, um, we'll have way more um, voices coming up and saying, hey, guys, this doesn't work. You know, we need to build businesses, we need to build new organizations, we need to assess entrepreneurs differently. I think that um, alone is really, really important. I think studies like this need more um, conversation around them, more movement around them, and people becoming way more proactive, right? So you learn about the study and what's happening um, for women in entrepreneurship, and then you take that action on it and try and find ways to actually solve these things. So I think it's not 
starts with the report and really understanding the problem as it exists and then really being proactive and building solutions for it. Is it, though, not also about who that conversation is geared towards and who's having that conversation? Because one would argue, in fact, many institutions conduct their own studies. So they've thrown lots of monies into studies themselves. They are, I mean, Ellen Gray is not a small entity. They they inform all sorts of other stakeholders in the sector. And, and still the messages are not coming through. To what extent do we need to change the voices of the people who are adding their voice here? Um, are they listening to you and I, for instance? Yeah, so I think it's really interesting. Um, when I really learned about the study was when I was interviewing um, Dr. Nomdogay, who was actually part in actually um, building up the study and, and creating these findings. And she's um, one of the heads of the programs that Alan Gray actually runs. And she was saying, you know, because they've learned so much from the study, they've now actually looked at how they can um, better design their programs to fit other people, right? So putting women way more, 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 um, much better, right? So enabling women and empowering women in a much, much more conscious way and going, you know, these are the issues we found in the study. So how do we shape or rechange the program that we have to, to address those challenges that we found? So I think there is action that's being taken, especially by organizations that have the time and the resources to be able to find these challenges. I think more people need to do this and create much more sustainable ecosystem that serves entrepreneurs across the board. So, I mean, you, you engage with somebody then, Ellen Gray, who's been part of the study, who feels that there is a need to shift and change things. G- give us an example of what it is exactly they would be changing to better accommodate a woman entrepreneur. Yeah, so, for example, I think um, one of the programs that Ellen Gray has really focuses on um, giving entrepreneurs a head start in terms of funding and stuff like that. So um, their, their program is really designed for students that are coming out of high school, uh, coming out of varsity, and are looking to explore different programs, different projects, um, startups or small businesses. And the funding is coming much earlier. Right? So you've got a bit of um, leeway to really experiment and find yourself as an entrepreneur before you have the burden of, hey, um, how viable is the business, how feasible is the business, how much money can you generate from this? But like, from a passion perspective, but also a solution um, building perspective. So really focusing on what are the solutions that you want to um, build for problems that you've identified in the world. And you have this opportunity to really, you know, explore and play and really like learn as much as possible early on so that your journey is much better later on as well. I mean, from somebody who who is on the ground, and you understand how these things can be can imp, um, can be impacted on on the young entrepreneur. Do you think it's enough? Do you think this will be it? I know it's one of the solutions, not all of them. No. So I think um, the ecosystem needs to um, develop and change as it grows. So I think we have a very young um, entrepreneurship ecosystem. Um, it's very early on um, in the stages of developing and. And enabling and empowering entrepreneurs. I think it's going to take a few more years before we have really great institutions that understand the importance and power and value in enabling and empowering entrepreneurs where it matters, especially women entrepreneurs. So I think in the next five to ten years, you'll see a lot more organizations that are, you know, women focused and are trying to enable entrepreneurs that are women in a more conscious and proactive way. And they focus on designing programs and designing funding um, models that really fit women in a better way.
So apart from the, the element of women, is, is the sector open to failure? And many people will tell you around the world who've succeeded that it, it, they were in environments that allowed for failure to happen. And only the 20th time did they eventually succeed. One gets the impression often in South Africa that you don't have that, uh, that luxury, that, you know, you've got to make it once. And, 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 and if you don't make it the first time, then the, the system speaks to you out. Yeah, I, I think South Africa, you know, in, in its socioeconomic challenges and most entrepreneurs are coming from a subsistence um, level, so you really want to try and make it work the first time, but that's just not how entrepreneurship works. And I think we vilify, we, we vilify people that fail, right? We criticize them, we mock them, we look, at, we look down on them. But that's not an ecosystem that is going to um, cast really innovative entrepreneurs and small businesses and, and startups. And if you look at um, a lot of the entrepreneurs that are super successful in startups, they have this room to be able to play and explore a lot more. Um, they have a chance to fail and still be able to come back the next day and try again, and they still celebrate it, right? So we need to build this really good culture with failure, um, a good relationship with failure. That's like, you know, as long as you're learning something and you're moving things forward, you're achieving something. Right? And instead of looking at failure as a death sentence, as something that basically means that it's over for you, you can never do anything again, and you know you need to give up and just like uh, move on. I think there's, there's so much to learn from failure, um, and our culture of failure needs to change a lot. And, and where does that actually have to begin? Because one would argue, uh, you were saying that we vilify people who fail. You know, it's, it's a shame when somebody does fail. When Then my suggestion is that, that that kind of culture would have to be addressed far earlier on before one is even going into big business and one goes into the actual, the actual entrepreneurship journey at a later stage after school. Perhaps earlier that, that culture needs to be addressed. Yeah, so I think... Um, building out these institutions or, you know, spaces where young people are encouraged to try things and learn and fail as much as they possibly can, right? So it's not just about, okay, what's your past mark? It's like, how much did you learn by going through this process of building something? Um, how much are you going into the world and looking for the challenges that people have and building solutions to them? How much are you taking time to understand the world around you and try and understand where you can actually add value. And that starts with, you know, whether it starts at home, where, you know, you're not constantly criticized, or um, when you try new things, you know, your parents aren't, you know, hitting me on the hand and saying, what is that? What, what kind of behavior is that? It's like, we need to build a more inclusive society that's going, you know what, if you want to try different things, try, try new things, you want to experiment, that means something, right? And not necessarily always think, you know, children need to fit into this box of, you know, whether it's just academics or sports or whatever it is, but going beyond that. So I think whether it's home environment, school environment, just building a, a society that's going, you know what, if you want to try and build something original in the world, that makes you a hero, not an outsider, not someone to be looked at in a very weird way, but like someone that should be celebrated for trying to be an innovator. Right? So I think we, we have a culture that people that are different are weird, but what we should be thinking is people that are different might be innovative. They're creative. There are people that will build the world someday. And I think American culture has sort of gotten to that point where they want people to try new things completely, um, and we just need to grow towards that. And that comes from the ecosystem you know, the mass, becoming a much more robust 
um, ecosystem and you know the support being much better um, from that side as well. All right, Mashudu Mudao, thank you so much for that. He's an entrepreneur as well as a founder of Source, Founder Source, as in S-A-U-C-E. You can find him there on his platform. And the discussion really stemmed from a study that was conducted by Ellen Gray, suggesting that if we had supported more women in the entrepreneurial sector, we'd be getting more positive results. And so we will put the link up of that particular study, and maybe it's something that you're interested in. 2.30, let's go to Utsi Lasaku for the latest in headlines.